Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico Polizzi. Thank you for tuning in. If you've had a paranormal or spiritual experience and you'd like to talk about it on the show, or you want to talk about conspiracies or really anything unconventional, go ahead and send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional and send me a message there. All right, let's jump into tonight's episode. All right, so for today's episode, we have my friend Sabrina on. I highly recommend everyone go follow her on Instagram. Just type her name in, Sabrina Bonayuto, and she should pop right up. She posts a ton of um, uplifting, positive, you know, content related to yoga, essential oils, Ayurvedic teachings, and some spiritual stuff too. And like healing, her whole motto is um, turning anxiety into purpose, which I think is really cool. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. In the episode, she mentioned a quote where she said, anything can be a poison or anything can be a medicine. And it's really kind of all about balance. And that's something I'm trying to work on in my personal life now is balancing things out, especially with like some of the topics that I go into here and I I kind of research on my own. It's so easy to get kind of stuck in that low frequency down the rabbit hole, the dark stuff that you know, we know that's going on in the world right now. And I think it's good to break it up once in a while and have some more positive, uplifting content out there as well. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. It was a fun one. And definitely go follow her on Instagram. All right. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight, I have a very special guest, Sabrina Bonayuto. She is a yoga teacher, Ayurvedic counselor, and she does that through doTERRA. So Sabrina, thank you for coming on. Oh my gosh, Nick, Nico, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I was listening to some of your podcast episodes earlier, and I was very honored that you asked me to be on it. So thank you. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Um, so go ahead and just introduce yourself. Tell the audience a little bit about your spiritual journey, how you got to where you are today, and then we'll jump into some topics. All right. Sounds good. All right. So for those of you who don't know me yet, I can absolutely talk forever. So Nico, feel free to literally cut me off whenever you need to um, or interject. But um, Nico did a pretty good job of introducing me. My name is Sabrina. I am an Ayurvedic health counselor. I am a yoga teacher and I am a wellness advocate with doTERRA's essential oils. And so I kind of have this like trio of um, what I do in the realm of holistic health. And in that, I infuse faith, and that's actually a very new thing as of the past, you know, year, really, and that's something maybe we can move into a little bit here in the next few minutes is spirituality and faith, because I've had some pretty profound experiences, um, and it's been such such a cool thing to be able to connect my faith with everything that I'm doing within my business, but also within my health as well. I've seen a lot of really cool things happen because of that, and I guess, too, to just start is the way that I was introduced to any of this, the reason really behind why I've been interested in any of these topics regarding holistic health is because I have suffered throughout my whole life with anxiety, like pretty bad. And for the first time, I'm actually healing it. And I really throughout the past year, again, just this past year has been so monumental, have been realizing that it's, it is possible to heal your anxiety. And it's so much more than what we think it is. Um, 
And so, yeah, that is a little, little introduction. I'm, I'm, I always tell people, it's kind of like my tagline now, I'm transforming anxiety into purpose. And I really love to help other people do the same. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, especially with this, like last year we've had, and so many people have gone into dark depressions and all this other stuff. And everyone's pushing pharmaceuticals nowadays for anxiety. And I mean, I've always been a firm believer that you can heal yourself. I never knew how to do it. And I don't always practice that at all. But yeah, it's just really cool to hear that you're doing that. So how did you, um, what got you into yoga and all this stuff first? Yeah. So when I, it was actually so funny when I was around like seven, eight years old, uh, my parents, so my parents and then my little brother, Vincent, he's five years younger than me. We moved from Long Island to upstate New York, which is really just like three, four hours. But for a seven-year-old, that's a lot. And at this time is really when I was starting to develop anxiety. There was, you know, heart complications that I was dealing with. So there was like health stuff going on. Um, I was losing a loved one for the first time. And so anxiety was really starting to, to creep up in my life. And my parents, you know, when we moved up here, they were like, you know what, we really want to get Sabrina involved in something. So they had me, you know, go for uh, softball and I was on the softball team and I absolutely sucked at softball, like ran the wrong way on the bases, <laughs> you know, tried to, you know, grab the ball with the hand that didn't have the glove in it. I always had a bruised hand. I was bullied on the team. It was just like a disaster. And I was like, mom, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. And they were like, okay, well, we want to get you involved in something. So my mom found this flyer in the mail from our local town park for um, kids yoga. And she was like, do you want to do yoga? Like, I hear that's really good for you. And it's so funny, too, because neither of my parents knew what yoga was or ever did yoga even. And so it was so random. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this yoga thing that I have no idea what it is. And so that's really when it first started, which is so crazy to look back on. And, you know, yoga, kids yoga is kids yoga. We're literally just running around playing games. There's not much structure because we're all kids. But what it did give me was something I was good at and something that throughout my entire life, I was able to look back on and say, hey, I know how to do yoga. And I felt confident going to yoga classes and practicing yoga. It was like really, really my sport, if you will, growing up. Um, And fast forward to college, you know, I went to school to study psychology. I thought that that was the only way to help people was to become a psychologist or a therapist. And there was really no other way. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go to college and become a psychologist. And in college, I connected back with yoga. Once again, was like, oh, hey, this is something that I know. This is something that I'm confident in. Um, and then I start, I really started to see the opportunity of realizing, oh, wait, I can help people in so many more ways than just this kind of narrow path that I have myself on. And I can become a yoga teacher. And that's really kind of where it started for me. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. I wanted to become a teacher to help people. And, you know, I was a poet. So I thought, well, what do you do with a poetry degree or, you know, writing right. English degree? So I became a teacher and I absolutely hated it. And <laughs> it's yeah. just, but so how did you get in, in? Like you had to go through a teacher training and all that stuff, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. There was um, a studio that was actually really close to my college. And I just happened to go in there. I mean, first it started with me going to classes more often again and really reconnecting with yoga in a bigger way, noticing that it was helping me on such a mental level that I couldn't. I was like, this is once again, just so profound. 
And I was so inspired by, you know, specific teachers that were there. And um, then I saw the opportunity to become a yoga teacher. And I was like, you know, this is how I want to help people. This is how I want to do it. Yeah, that's so for me, I mean, I've dabbled in yoga, like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. barely. I, I think you've seen me at a yoga class before. <laughs> I think I was at your very first yoga class. I was right behind you, actually. <laughs> laughing the whole time. But so, like, the thing with me is I've always been pretty flexible and decent at it, but mm-hmm. I just, I could never get into the meditation stuff. Yeah. Like that, that's always been a struggle for me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, like, what are some beginner steps to really uh, get grounded and get into meditation? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're asking the right person because I, my favorite people to teach are beginners. I've always gravitated towards beginners, athletes, just grounding yoga in general. I'm not really into, um, I can teach a pump up class if I need to, but it's definitely not my favorite just because I, for me, I guess the most benefits I've gotten is from, you know, grounding. Um, but somewhere I would say to start for a beginner is number one, I guess, realizing that there is no like right way or wrong way to really do yoga. And there are so many different forms of yoga. There's literally thousands and thousands of different teachers. And so being, I think, open-minded is really important in knowing that like, you know, just like anything, you need to kind of work a little bit in order to find what works for you specifically. And um, this is kind of moving into the Ayurveda side of it now, but Ayurveda is a um, holistic health practice where essentially to, you know, keep it brief, is it is the science of balance. We are working with, you know, what we could incorporate in our lives to heal and treat, I guess, our imbalances, um, whether it's, you know, changing the food that we're eating or just changing habits that we have in our lifestyle. And so we need to make sure that in doing that, we're finding the proper exercise and yoga classes and even meditation practices for us too. Um, One thing that I remember learning in school that I remember just being so kind of mind blown about is the fact that not every person is actually meant to do like a sitting meditation where you're just closing your eyes and not doing anything. That can actually be really traumatizing for some people to just sit with their thoughts and nothing depending on where you're at in your life or what you're dealing with and what you're healing. And so I think it is just really important to be open-minded and um, find a find someone that you can trust mm-hmm. as far as a teacher or a mentor with this. Find someone who's open to questions um, open to you saying like, Hey, I really didn't like that. And they're okay with it. And they don't take it personal, uh, because it's not, you know, there's nothing to take personal when we're really just trying to help people. Right. That's so interesting. You said that because that's part of the problem I have is like just sitting still, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know it's all about finding your stillness and things like that, but I've had, I don't know if I've meditated properly and stuff, but I've definitely noticed I could do it if I'm like laying down sometimes, or, you know, just sitting in a chair or something like that, I can go into a kind of meditative state where I almost feel out of body. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just sitting on the floor, I I just, I don't know, I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I think that it's important to honor that and to know that about ourselves is what works for us and what doesn't work for us. Um, because I think we do kind of put meditation and yoga kind of into a box of like, it should look like this. It should feel like this. This should feel good for you because it feels good for me. Um, but that's just, it's so much more complex than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and we really need to focus on like what we individually need, like 
even, you know, for me, the way that I meditate often is by journaling. And I literally just journal and I write and it's something that comes really naturally to me and always has. Actually, that's another thing too. For anyone listening and even for you to think back and reflect back to what you did as a child that came naturally to you. Like for me, I used to, I mean, I have dozens upon dozens of journals. And so clearly for me, writing is something I really enjoy and something that really connects me. And so, you know, that might be, that might look different for other people, but I think, you know, I'm so intrigued by who we were as children, because I think it says a lot about our state of balance. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes into like healing your inner child and stuff like that too. You know, do you, uh, do you go into that at all? Like the chakras and so I never really, it's interesting, I never really focused on the chakras. I never, I, I learned about them in Ayurveda school, or I'm sorry, in Ayurveda school, yeah, but in yoga school too. But I never actually expanded my knowledge on them, to be honest. Okay. Interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I'm just going off of like what you're saying with writing. Like I've noticed for me, I'm, I, I kind of have ADD, but if I can focus in on a task, it almost does become like a meditative state. You know, yes. you just get into that groove and you, you just set your intention, your focus, and you can really do some magic really. At, yeah. At, and it's not to say that you never, you know, there's definitely times like I personally run very, you know, quickly with my life sometimes like all of us do these days it's like we're running from one thing to the next and Mm -hmm. we live in a society unfortunately that teaches us to be stressed out all the time if we're not careful and um so there's definitely a time and place to say okay you know i need to have discipline with making sure i'm slowing down even if it's uncomfortable but that slowing down process doesn't look the same for everyone um you know whether it's journaling or i mean there's even walking meditation that you can do and just guided meditations versus just listening to music or dancing there's just so many different forms of meditation that can really bring you in alignment with your true self with your mind with god universe whatever you want to call it um that i think is really important to kind of find what works yeah so getting in alignment with god i'm Mm -hmm. this is something i wanted to talk to you about and we talked about it a little bit like through messaging um you're you have a christian faith and everything Mm -hmm. And when I was going through, I wasn't raised religious at all. I kind of found, I had some paranormal experiences that led me down like the spiritual path. And I kind of fell into this trap of like this Hebrew roots movement stuff. And everything was considered, everything that wasn't like in the Torah kind of is considered like the occult and the occult is bad. And yoga kind of fell under that category. So I was like in that mindset that yoga was bad, you know it's it's devil worship you're you know you're you're summoning the serpent up your spine like there's so much uh things that they talk about and obviously i don't believe any of that anymore but do you want to dive into that a little bit and just talk the balance of uh walking your line of faith and still having this practice too yeah so it is so interesting in so many ways i feel very called by god to be this kind of like christian-based yoga teacher which is something that um, is not common, apparently. And I didn't know that because I kind of naively started expressing my faith and expressing my yoga practice in that way with that partnership. Mm -hmm. And um, so I 
I guess where I wish I start with that growing up I grew up more in like a a Catholic faith and Mm -hmm. you know my family we we went to church every once in a while but it was never um it was never like a consistent practice I guess or it was more so something that once I turned of a certain age I guess like once I was done with religion classes that I went to every week my parents really kind of left it up to me to kind of decide like how I was going to practice my faith moving forward. And I kind of just didn't like, I kind of just, when I was a kid, I had a connection with God that I remember and have even journal entries of that are really cool to look back on. But there's like those years when you're like a teenager and college years that for me personally, and I think for a lot of people, like I was just so lost. Um, And then when yoga came into the picture, I, you know, found myself in a lot of ways because I was more grounded, but faith wise, I was extremely confused um, because I just, I didn't know what to believe in. I personally just didn't connect with what I was, you know, being taught, I guess you can say in the yoga setting. And this is of course not to, you know, offend or put anyone else's faith down in any degree, but it's just, you know, my own story and testimony. I just couldn't, I just didn't connect with anything. Um, And it was kind of scary. And I think that that happens a lot of times because it's like what I see is we start to put this faith, first of all, and maybe other people like I definitely started putting my faith and almost like worshiping teachers in the yoga community. And then you realize that those teachers are just human beings and um, you can't worship them. Mm -hmm. And so you really I really started to lose my way a little bit there. And when the pandemic hit. I just like I think everyone to a certain degree in their lives experienced the craziest adversity I'd ever experienced in my life. Just complete disconnection from people and attacks, whether it was like online or I guess spiritual warfare or whatever it was, but it was just so suffocating. And I had literally no other option but feeling like I was completely alone. And I just started praying. I actually remember I was sitting, you know, on the floor in my bedroom every single day. And I just started praying. I had no idea what I was praying to. I had no idea who I was praying to. I had no idea of anything or anyone was listening to me, but I just started to feel and to see this connection starting to unfold in front of me with God. And, you know, every time that I tell this story, I feel, um, I feel kind of bad that I can't give like a tangible experience to someone else as to what exactly I felt. But I think that that that's faith right there, right? Is it's not really something you can completely explain. It's an experience that you have. It's very similar to the feeling of love, right? Like it's not something you can completely grasp and completely show someone. So, you know, I started, you know, walking in my faith practice. That was about a year ago. And I started, um, you know, teaching yoga. I actually had a private yoga student who asked me to play worship music in my class that I was teaching her. And I was like, this is a cool idea. This is fun. I could totally get down with this. And I started teaching her for the first time privately, you know, I guess you can say Christian based yoga. And it felt so good because I felt like I wasn't in charge. I feel like a lot of times as a yoga teacher or really any, you know, person or leader, I guess you can say in front of a room, you feel so responsible and you feel like, you know, everyone's emotions you're in charge for and the room the energy of the room you're in charge for um but for me once i started teaching in this different way i started realizing that this my own spirit is speaking through me my spirit is speaking through me i'm being spirit led 
And it's not up to me to make sure that everyone has the best experience ever. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm, yeah. I'm led in a different way, which has been really cool. Now, the dark end of that is there are a lot of people that say that yoga is demonic and um, that it should not be practiced by people of faith. And I, to be completely honest, and maybe I'm still a little bit naive to some things, I just, I just don't believe that. And it's through my own experience because once I started having this deeper faith, I started connecting with God through my yoga practice, which no one can really, like, who's to say, who's to dictate how someone connects with their faith and their spirit, right? So it's almost, and it's almost like God has armored me with that to not really be, not really be affected by those opinions that are out there. Um, which oftentimes I am heavily affected by people and their thoughts and, and yeah. feelings. Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. I mean, I think, and, and this is my belief on it. And I think a lot of people would agree is it's all about the intention you put in it. You yeah. know, like if you go in to teach a yoga class with the intent to summon a demon, you, you might do that, you know, right. <laughs> if you go in with the intent to like help people and heal people. And that's what you truly want to do. You're, you're going to do that, Yeah, you know, and, it's just so amazing to me. Some of the hypocrisy sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, you know, like this is like a problem I've always had with, uh, I guess organized religion would be the best way to just kind of do a blanket term. It's like you you preach, you want to be like Jesus and be Christ-like and yet you're judging people and you're doing this, you know, I've just found the hypocrisy in it and I could probably ramble on for hours about that. But so, yeah, I'm just glad that, you haven't let that really affect you. Yeah. And I have to say, I <clears throat> am very fortunate because, you know, the first that I go to life church and um, they're a pretty big church. And when I first started going though, I was a little <clears throat> hesitant about telling people that I was a yoga teacher because I just started kind of hearing this stuff about yoga is demonic and this and that. And I was so fearful that the people at the church I go to were going to think the same thing as I started developing relationships with pastors there and, and other people that serve there. And I finally started talking about it and everyone thinks it's awesome and so supportive. And that has been really confirming for me and affirming because it helps me to know, okay, I'm in a community where this is accepted. And um, like you said, it's just, it's the intention behind everything, right? Like there, I believe that, um, we're able to kind of like we kind of twist things right like into being demonic almost right like we like demonize things and it's you can do that with literally anything nowadays like if mm-hmm. we're really going to do that then no one should be using social media and no one should be listening to any music on the radio or heck we probably shouldn't even be leaving our houses nowadays right <laughs> well and that's funny you bring that up because we had that you know the pandemic uh-huh. everyone was like don't leave your house so how did that affect you in when you were doing your practice and stuff? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> so my practice with yoga or kind of like faith and everything in general? Both. I mean, how did it affect like uh, career wise? And Oh, man. Yeah. So <laughs> career wise, it completely, I mean, down the actual drain. Um, but and I guess I shouldn't say that I, I switched to online and it was, you know, we all had to learn and transform and adapt um, to that new way of doing it. But what I personally realized in my own experience was I had 
the financial support completely stripped away from teaching, whereas I was teaching pretty much full time before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And to have that stripped away, you're really left with what's truly there, right? You get to see how people um, adapt in situations. And of course, there's grace to be had for people. I understand people are human beings. But for me, I was able to see, you know, where I was no longer meant to be. And it was at the place that I was teaching at before, um, which was kind of a humbling experience because I was so welcomed and I felt like I was so well known and it was such a good you know, place for me to start. And then for me to decide, you know, I'm, I'm walking away from this and going to kind of venture over here into my own teaching career and kind of st- what feels like starting from scratch was like the most humbling experience and continues to be the most humbling experience um, and brings its own challenges, but also a lot of excitement, you know. Mm-hmm. And as far as my faith, like my faith just got stronger. But that's not to say, you know, I think there's this big misconception that once you start practicing faith or once you start practicing yoga, once you become a Christian, whatever, once you start eating healthier, all these things, that everything's just going to be easier (laughs) and that troubles aren't going to come. And that's just the furthest thing from the truth. I actually saw more adversity come my way as I started to step out into my own true self, more adversity, you know, every single day. And it doesn't necessarily go away we just get better at managing it and dealing with it, just like stress in life. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the adversities, if you don't mind going into that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not at all. I think a lot of it was, well, first of all, I think with the pandemic hitting there, all of us were given this opportunity to lift up the rug and sweep out stuff that was under the rug. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. we were alone loneliness has been hitting and all, I mean, the worst levels of people feeling lonely ever, possibly. And um, so you're really able to see, I guess, true colors, if you will, but maybe not even Mm. true colors, because I'm, you know, I'm talking like this, but I'm also no angel. I definitely had my days too. Um, But there was a lot of just disagreement, right? Like I lost, I lost friends over arguments that now seem kind of silly or maybe not even arguments but just like kind of disagreements right like whether you believe that this was happening or believe that this was happening or you know the political warfare was a whole different issue that started to come about it felt like it felt like every single day there was something to divide on and not only that but people were pointing fingers even if you didn't say anything at all about things that were going on like it was just people started to feel way too comfortable tearing people down online because they were hiding behind their keyboard and it was a safety net for them. And Mm -hmm. I started to see things that I was like, wait, you know, did these people think this of me all along? And now all of a sudden this is coming to the surface because it's easier to type out behind a computer. I don't know. But I think at least from talking to other people, this is unfortunately something that has not been rare within this past year. Yeah. And again like i find it so interesting that like something as simple as like the masks and stuff like that oh my gosh you know um and and there's kind of like a hypocrisy in like the holistic community not that i'm like a part of it or anything but i've noticed a lot of these people that practice or preach this ayurvedic lifestyle this healthy alternative natural-based plant-based whatever they're all 
believing the propaganda that's going on right now. <laughs> it's so interesting to me that, you know, you're, they're really just not practicing what they preach and they're, you know, signing up for masks, signing up for experimental injections that mm-hmm. they want to put in their body and things like that. Yeah. So, and all while completely forgetting that we each, at least for right now, have an individual choice. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's the hypocrisy and like um, people kind of forgetting that, you know, we we very well should have these freedoms. Right. And mm-hmm. it's it's like there's it's it's just so unfortunate to see people dividing over just such personal topics that I, I just don't understand how people can assume that they know everything about someone else's life and what's best for them over what the actual person thinks is best for them. Right. And I just, it's, I hate to generalize, but it's a lot of the people that were preaching not too long ago, my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden they're like, everyone must get this or everyone must do that. It's like, I don't know. It's just a slippery slope to go down because once you start doing that, I mean, who's to say they're not going to come for whatever belief you have next. Right. Well, and I think that that's where (laughs) I think we're starting to see people who don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. and yeah. again that's not everyone i i don't let me just generalize this too is like i do not care if someone believes in getting a mask or or wearing a mask or getting the vaccine or you know who they voted for i do not that i really do not care because i truly believe that we have and should have at least for now the freedom to choose what we do with our own lives and who we vote for and what we do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, that does not, you know, I'm never, it's not my job to persuade anyone, but that's also because I have a strong faith and I know what's true for me. And when people don't know what's true for themselves, that's where they get really scared. So I think a lot of what we're seeing is people that are so rooted in fear that they don't know what else to do aside from trying to control people and point fingers at people and play the shame game play the blame game and the thing is that's never going to work with people who are rooted in faith you know like we might be knocked down some days we might be um you know there's trust me there are days where i'm terrified at what the heck is going on in the world like i can really get lost in it but then i'm at least able to anchor to my beliefs and what i believe in because i stand for something and i just think there's a lot of people in this world that stand for nothing yeah no it's so true and same thing too it's like these people uh it's all virtue signaling signaling i think you know they're just Mm -hmm. like they finally have something that they can say that they did you know oh i i did this to protect everyone and and the science might not be there to back that up so it's just interesting to me well i think yeah Yeah, go ahead oh i was just gonna say i think this is a great kind of segue into the ayurvedic practice yes yes from my understanding, and again, I really don't know anything about it aside from some little things I've looked up and some people I've talked to, but it seems to be more based on like the kind of terrain theory idea, you know, are you familiar I'm, with that? I'm not actually, what is the terrain theory? So there's two schools of thought and I'm not an expert on this at all. So <laughs> people just look this up for yourself, but there's like two schools of thought for like how the body works. And one is germ theory that germs are spread and things like that. And terrain theory is more that everything is internal. So like Mm -hmm. if your body is polluted, you're going to get sick Mm -hmm. as opposed to something coming in. Mm -hmm. 
And that, I guess, like I said, I'm not an expert on that at all, but from my understanding of some Ayurvedic ideas, it seems like it's more terrain theory based, like yeah. fixing your gut biome, fixing, you know, getting your body right and balanced. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so true because the reality is, is, you know, there, there are viruses and bacteria that we are fighting on a daily basis every single day in our homes, right? I mean, we do our best to hopefully minimize that from happening. Um, but if you're, especially if you're leaving your home, you are put, you're putting yourself at risk every single day for something. And that's not to scare anyone. That's actually to give a lot of hope to people and realizing exactly what you just said is like, but we have the opportunity to take care of ourselves and to tune into the wisdom that our body already has, right? Like most healthy bodies have, which is taking care of ourselves already. Our bodies are so wise. And I don't think people realize how wise our bodies are. Um, and, you know, just to preface too, there's a time and a place for modern medicine. Like, you know, just because I'm an Ayurvedic health counselor and I, you know, work with essential oils and yoga and holistic healing, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in modern medicine. When I was a kid, I had a heart problem. Thank God I was able to get modern medicine in my life. Thank God I was able to take medications. Thank God I was able to go to the hospital and be, you know, injected with whatever they injected me with in order to help my heart not explode. You know what I mean? Like, thank God for that. But right. like, it's, it's just how quickly people resort to that, which is the problem and how quickly prescriptions are handed out before even looking at someone and asking, you know, hey, what are you eating? How are you taking care of yourself? Are you resting? Are you managing your stress? How's your social life? Do you leave your house, right? Like, I can't tell you how many times, you know, throughout my life, I've been on and off of prescription medication for anxiety. And the last time I was, it was about four years ago. And I remember how easy it was. I went, you know, I was just starting to get into holistic health. And I remember going to the doctor and literally just saying, I'm anxious. Like, I feel anxious all the time. And that was it. That's all it took. And I just filled it. I know. That's I had the same experience. I, I went to my doctor. I was like, I'm having a hard time focus. By the, by the time I finished the word focused, he had a prescription written for Adderall out. Yeah. It was like, yeah. And it's I, it makes me really think, like, what what is the motive here? Or how, how about, you know, this is kind of a side note, but how about when I decided to make the choice to come off of my medication and come off of my birth control pills that were terribly affecting my hormones and when I basically got scolded by my doctor for doing so, you know? And I, I like to believe that, you know, my doctor has her best intentions in mind for me and um, that it's, it, none of this is, like the thing is all of us come from different backgrounds and different beliefs, right? So I don't think that just because someone, just because a doctor is filling prescriptions, I don't believe that it's because they're always terrible people with terrible motives. I think sometimes in some cases, like that's just what they were you know, trained to do, I guess. But, right. but that's not, so I don't think it's always ill-intentioned, but I just think it's important for us as consumers, as human beings to really ask ourselves like what the motive is, but also, you know, what's right for us. And if we've really tried to look at all the other possible things that could be impacting us, I mean, there's, hundreds of different things on a daily basis that can be impacting us all the time right i yeah. mean even as simple i was listening to uh jordan peterson recently and he was talking about a client that he had 
who she was experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety and he recommended that she he no oh, he looked at what she was eating right and noticed that she really wasn't eating much and literally just recommended her to eat a couple eggs in the morning and to have a balanced you know eating more throughout the day and within a week she felt better just because she started eating some eggs <laughs> like <laughs> i know it's it's amazing and um i'm sorry for the people that have heard me tell this story already but sabrina hasn't heard it my son who you know my youngest son mm -hmm. um he was experiencing a ton of headaches he was getting sick like just nauseous all the time diarrhea i mean it was a nightmare and we took him to the doctor and they wanted to run like MRIs and CAT scans and do all this stuff. And one day we took him and his regular doctor wasn't there. Uh, one of the nurse practitioners was there and she takes kind of a more naturalist like approach. And she ran some blood work and it came back. He has celiac disease. Yep. So we switched him to a gluten free diet. Um, we all switched in the house to a gluten free diet. And I mean, within a week, he was good and we had him this was in like june june early july we had we got the diagnosis and we took him like two weeks ago his levels went from like over 100 down to 10 wow. so, yeah yeah it's incredible and unfortunately too i think that for a lot of people and like i said there's a time and a place for modern medicine like you know if if it's a matter of I know some people listening to this right now, maybe you're on medications for something or maybe or even anxiety or, or depression. Like, I believe that if it's a matter of like, you know, you're at a, a really heavy place in your life where you're contemplating taking your own life or harming yourself or someone else, or, you know, there's, there's a time and place where modern medicine needs to be introduced in. Mm -hmm. But again, the intention is the intention to rely on it forever, or is it to partner at least with healthy habits, right? Like we can't, I'm trying to remember this quote that someone told me at one point. Um, it's like, you can't, you can't plant flowers in a junkyard. And so you can't just be taking medicine and not taking care of your body ever, right? Same thing goes for the use of like essential oils and, and stuff like that is in supplements, right? You can't just take that and not take care of your body and your mind and just expect that to be the magical cure. So many people want a magic pill that is just going to fix their problems and fix everything. And that doesn't exist. If, if you want to be healthy, you have to put in work. And eventually it becomes, you know, it feels less like work because you make it a habit, you make it a lifestyle. Um, but initially it's not going to be the most fun thing in the world, but it's going to be rewarding. And I think that that's something that in a society where we can get whatever we want, whenever we want, that becomes very unclear for people. Yeah, no, I think it's the system. I mean, the yeah. system that they've set up, it's like everyone just everyone's moving so fast. They just want, oh, I can't I got to just get this one pill that'll cure everything. And it never really does. And I don't think mm -hmm. that was the intention of pharmaceuticals was to be a cure. I think it yep. was like you said, just but of course, no one does that. And I don't right. know how many people have the willpower to get off of something once they're kind of addicted to it. Yep. So yeah. <clears throat> So let's let's jump into Ayurvedic a little bit. So yes. how would what would you say is like the best way to start? Like what what would be the first steps for someone just looking into this or wanting to make that change? Yep. Um I'm going to shameless plug myself here, but on October 2nd actually, I have an intro to Ayurveda workshop that anyone is welcome to. Um you can, you know, 
somehow link up with me and I can give you the information for that. But I would recommend whether it's that workshop or a different workshop or just looking at YouTube videos online, just introduction to Ayurveda. Ayurveda can be very complex, very, very complex, um, but it doesn't have to be. It's actually one of the most simple sciences if you allow it to be simple and if you allow yourself to actually enjoy learning about it instead of overwhelming yourself. So I would start there. I would start with just basic introduction or even there's so many books as well. Um, actually, there's a book called The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. It's actually really good. Um, and it's very simple, lays out everything very simply. Um, Dr. Ladd is also a really great resource for people to go through. He has um, the Ayurvedic Institute and a whole YouTube channel on that. But I think that's a really good place to start. And also keeping in mind that, you know, Ayurveda at the core is really just supporting your body to stay in alignment, stay in balance, stay in homeostasis, whatever you want to call it. Um, and just like a kind of similar thing to what I said with yoga is like be open-minded and also just make your experience of learning Ayurveda as stress-free as possible because I don't know if I'm speaking to anyone here specifically or if this is just like myself or my own experience, but I overwhelm myself really easily. And I did that in the beginning of my Ayurveda practice of learning. I was like, this is way too overwhelming. There's just so many things to learn, but it's such a beautiful practice when you really dive into it and start to understand it and start to practice like small little things in your life, like switching maybe what you're eating for breakfast or even just introducing warm water into your diet. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy at all. And that's the beautiful part about it is most of the time, like when I write, especially when I first see a client for the first time, um, my recommendations are so simple that sometimes when I press send on the email of the recommendations, I feel like I'm not giving them enough. And I'm like, I just, it wasn't, you know, yeah. Was there there's just not much I'm I'm changing. Like I, I genuinely have recommended people to literally just start drinking warm water in the morning or you know, rolling this oil on your feet before you go to bed or do just little, little things. And I cannot tell you how often those little things sets people up for drastic success in their health. And then kind of allows us to find a route you know a lot of times what happens is like it's like a simple protocol at first and then we're able to dive into maybe more deeper more complex protocols once we've kind of really balanced um the stuff that's on the surface yeah that's that's fascinating i mean that all falls under the category of like self-care self-love and all that stuff um yeah. so let's go a little deeper like how does fasting fit in what, what are your thoughts on fasting on fasting mm-hmm so on fasting, personally, I have never done a fast and I will explain why and why I think that it can be really helpful for some people. But I also think, once again, it's important to know your body right. and also not even just your body, but your mind too. I'm an extremist and I am a perfectionist. So I know for me, if I, and maybe not so much now, but in the past, if I were to fast, it would maybe not turn into the most healthy situation because, you know, for many reasons. So I think that if someone um, is not an extremist or, you know, feels comfortable doing that and, and also is under the, you know, under someone who's helping them, you know, like a mentor or a health counselor or whatever, 
I think that it can actually be really beneficial to them. I think that at least from what I've heard and what I've studied is when you fast, you are actually really able to get into this really clear state of alignment and, you know, in line with um, your thoughts and what you're truly feeling because your body's doing less work, right? Because our body's working all the time when we're digesting our food, which is why this isn't necessarily fasting, but in Ayurveda, we really recommend people to have, you know, set times where they Mm. eat during the day. So three times and then really minimal snacking. And if there is snacking, then it's something that's easily digestible like fruit. Now, that's to say, I am not the snack police. I literally love snacks so much and I need to take this advice for myself sometimes. I just know it works. Um, Because when you are having those breaks in between your food, like even, you know, two to three hours, you're giving your body time to digest. And when you're constantly pumping food into your body, especially nowadays when, you know, there's a lot of emotional eating happening, food is extremely readily available to most of us. you know, we, we kind of distract ourselves and we distract our body from functioning at a level that it doesn't really need to be functioning. Your body doesn't have to be digesting all day long. Right. So that kind of falls into the idea of like, don't eat after sunset, right? Like, yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, and another question I had is like, what is kind of like the ideal diet for this? Is there any specific, like, is it more plant-based? It can, is, can you have meats and stuff involved yeah. or Okay, I love this question because when I first started Ayurveda school, I was terrified that I was going to be told that I couldn't eat meat anymore. Um, and I I tried when I first got into yoga to be a vegetarian, even kind of dabbled in being vegan for a little bit, really just because everyone else was, not because I thought that that was something that I had to do for my body or there wasn't a reason behind it for me personally. Um, and I noticed that I felt terrible. And... I had the same experience. I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off. No, you're good. When well, I, I, yeah. yeah, keep going. Oh, when I was a vegetarian, I did it for like six months and I was, I gained a ton of weight and I was like sickly almost, you know? Yes. Yeah. I had the same exact experience and same time frame too. It was about six months to a year. And um, I really had to, first of all, sit with myself and ask myself, why am I doing this? And when I realized that it was for the approval of the yoga community, I was like, oh, heck no. And I went and got a burger. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what I, that's not why I do things is to, you know, gain approval from people. Um, But when I, you know, was able to go to Ayurveda school and learn more about it, I was so relieved to know. And this, this one simple phrase that um, Dr. Rosie, who was one of my teachers in Ayurveda school says, is anything can be a poison and anything can be a medicine. So that is dependent on, you know, how much you're consuming something, how little you're consuming something, whether it's actually right for your personal body, whether it's right for your imbalances that you're currently working on, right? Like the current imbalances in your body. And that is so refreshing for me because first of all, from a health counselor standpoint, I don't feel like I'm put in a box in terms of my recommendations for people. And it also helps me to help, you know, the majority of people are people that maybe don't want to, you know, have a totally plant-based or totally vegan or totally vegetarian diet. And so it really kind of, it helps me to, to work with people in more of like a realistic um, realm, if you will. So there's no, there's no restrictions. I think the biggest, I guess, restriction, if you will, 
or really like the practice is making sure that most of the time it's like that 80 20 rule right like 80 percent of the time you are filling your body with nutritious food so you know food that is sourced from you know the earth vegetables fruits and all of that great stuff um and also yeah just making sure that you're kind of eating with the seasons like noticing what earth what other nature is giving you in accordance to the season that you're in in accordance to the climate that you're in and really trying to eat those things because there's a reason that the earth is producing that food that time of year it's because you're supposed to live off of it yeah no i love that idea could you kind of just give a rough idea so like what what do we eat in the winter time like here in yeah. upstate new york yeah. So in the wintertime, um, so everything we kind of relate back to what we call the doshas. So doshas, in short, are our biological humors. They're made up of the five different elements. And we look at the qualities of the elements. So really quick example is vata dosha is what kind of um, is, is in the wintertime, at least up here in upstate New York. So the elements of vata dosha, there's three doshas. There's vata, kapha, pitta. Vata dosha is made up of air and ether. And so the qualities are it's cold, dry, there's movement. Um, so there's a lot of different qualities involved with that. And you see that in nature, right? Like you see up here in upstate New York, it's cold, it's dry. It, there's a lot of movement because there's a lot of wind happening around that time. So what do we want to do? We want to take the opposite of those qualities in our life. So with diet specifically, we want to look at foods that are warming. Like this is not the time to be eating a cold salad every single day. Um, we're looking at like grounding foods like potatoes and carrots and, you know, vegetables and maybe even adding a little bit of extra ghee or oil to our foods to kind of change the quality of them a little bit to be more grounding in nature. And again, that's going to help support our bodies, which are so in touch with nature you know like our bodies that's why in the winter time you might experience having more dry skin or even anxiety sometimes is heightened for people in the winter time because there's a lot of movement in their in their minds um or just cold right like our joints might hurt a little bit more because it's cold outside everything relates to ayurveda and the weather at the end of the day is what i'm trying to get at mm -hmm. um so that's definitely something you know really just looking at the opposite qualities that you want to balance that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, so what else was I going to, um, grounding and stuff too. Like, is that kind of like walking around with no shoes on things of that nature? Is that yeah. related to Ayurvedic practice? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. There's, there's, um, even a practice where, you know, this might be uncomfortable in the winter time, but you can still do it is going outside and like putting your feet down on earth, on grass, on soil is actually one of the most grounding things that we can do. And it might sound kind of silly, but hugging a tree, one of the most grounding things that we can do because, you know, people might look at us like we're kind of silly, but we're connect. I mean, everything in nature has a vibration and has energy and especially coming straight from earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's even why I recommend grounding oils. This is actually fascinating. You'll like this is um, if I'm working with someone who needs a little bit more grounding support, I recommend to them oils that derive from trees because trees are obviously grounded and rooted down in the earth. And so the essential oil constituents are going to have the same exact qualities that that tree would. So that's why, you know, smelling like some people get really grounded by just smelling the smell of a Christmas tree of that like black spruce, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it's that woodsy scent. That's awesome. 
That's really awesome. Um, I was going to ask, do you do do any work with like crystals and things like that too? Or is that something you don't really touch? Yeah. So I actually, it's funny. I kind of have, um, I've done like crystal meditations. I will say I love like, um, what are they called? Why can't I think of those? Oh, those like meditation bowls where Mm. people like play the meditation bowls those are really grounding I I don't know if it's because of just like the frequency of the vibrations actually I know that's what it is but it's really grounding for me as far as like the actual like crystals I've tried really hard over the years especially throughout my yoga career to understand and connect more with you know crystals and um stuff like that but I just I I never personally and I really hope I don't offend anyone by saying this it's just my own experience I've never really understood um, or benefited personally from specific crystals other than like, they look really pretty. And again, there's probably people listening to this that are like, she doesn't understand. And maybe I don't, I just have no idea. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, cause my whole thing is like, if, if you try something and it doesn't work for you, it, it's okay. It just doesn't work for you. you right. Know? right. And just leave it for someone else. Like you'll find what you need. So yeah. That's, that's interesting. So mm-hmm. All right. I just want to go back to meditation a little bit now. So would you recommend to to start with? Because I've had, I haven't meditated much, but I've had two like very kind of paranormal experiences Mm -hmm. while meditating. Have you ever had anything like crazy happen while meditating? Um, You know what? I really, I really haven't. There've been, what I've noticed with meditation for me is I, and I don't know if this would be considered paranormal necessarily, but I will be brought back to specific instances when I was a kid. And usually they're really positive um, situations. Like I remember, you know, one time when I was meditating, actually I was doing one of the sound bowl meditations. I was just, you know, my mind brought me back to being with my grandmother who had passed and being around like her bed the night before she passed away and it was just such like a vivid memory and I had called my mom literally that night to find out that it was her 10-year anniversary of passing and I had no idea I didn't yeah I didn't remember the date and so that was kind of one of the most profound experiences that I've had and other than that like I've definitely felt like a connection to um to God and to just being closer I guess, to just my, myself. And like I said, like kind of connecting back to memories from when I was a kid, like that meditation really jogs that for me. And I know for some people that might be really hard, um, especially I've heard before, at least from people saying that they can't remember past certain ages and past certain experiences that they've had, especially traumatic experiences. And so I guess I'm, I am fortunate to say that I have a childhood that I've want to reflect back on and think about so I don't know if that's why my mind easily goes back there um but yeah that's my experience with with meditation yeah I mean you you told me you've hadn't hadn't had any paranormal and I would say that's 100% paranormal oh (laughs) (laughs) I mean because paranormal doesn't have to be like you saw a ghost or something you know this is just like a the the fact like the synchronicities of that being your grandmother's anniversary Mm. that that's not a coincidence. I Mm -hmm. I don't believe in coincidence. So that's really cool that you had that. Um, so yeah, with meditation, (laughs) I'm going to sound absolutely crazy when I tell you this, but I've had, uh, I was sitting in the shower, I was taking a shower and I just sat down and just kind of let the water hit me and everything. And I just started meditating and I started seeing like, um, 
blue or purple and like green colors kind of floating around. Mm -hmm. And I just started thinking of my wife. I was like kind of calling her up and this is probably could be coincidence. I don't know. I was just kind of saying her name in my head saying, come upstairs, come upstairs. And within like a minute, she came upstairs. Wow. (laughs) And then, so she was like walking upstairs and then I was saying, come in the bathroom, come in the bed. And like, she came in the bathroom and I was like, did I just summon her? That is so interesting. No, that's so interesting. It was wild. And like I said, I mean, this was like a fluke incident. I was just in the shower doing this and that happened. So it could, it could be coincidence. I don't know, but I I just think there's so much power in meditation. And this was something I wanted to ask you is how, how do you get like normal? I hate saying the word normal, but like people that have never heard of this, how do you like make this more available to them? How do you kind of spread this idea of that you can heal yourself through meditation, through yoga practice, through changing your diet. Like what would you say is the best way to kind of reach out? Because it's the same thing with like faith and stuff. Like I hate being preachy ever, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and I hate trying to like push things on people, but what would be like a good way to kind of share that message and spread that idea? Yeah. So I believe, you know, like the first thing that really comes to mind here is realizing that if it's meant to happen, and this might sound cheesy, but if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen regardless of if we say the right thing in order for someone to come start meditating with us or, you know, to start taking care of themselves. I think that that's something that I've, I found myself in that kind of loop for so long of just like wishing that people would understand what I know and Mm -hmm. just wishing that I could almost convince people. And it was so freeing when I finally realized that my job isn't to convince people, but it's to leave open space for people and to leave a a level of um, comfort for people to ask questions, whether it is about faith or Ayurveda or yoga or meditation and, you know, to be approachable for people and to like, again, just leave that open space and to lead through your own legacy really and lead through your own doing for people um but that being said like if there's someone who comes to you and they're like hey i have no idea where to start like where do i want to start and they're already open to it they're already asking for help then i think like a great way to start is again kind of like i said earlier with yoga making sure you have someone that you trust that is um going to lead you in the right direction trying different things like really you know sticking with something too. That's a big thing. Cause you might, you might go to your first meditation and absolutely hate every single thing about it. And it might not mean that it's wrong for you. It might just be a new experience. And I always kind of give people like, give it like a two week period where you're consistently practicing something and see if it gets better. You know, if something's like getting really bad, you know, making it significantly worse or, you know, sitting in a meditation, you know, brings about a lot of, you know, trauma, maybe, then maybe that's not the right thing for you to be doing. Or maybe you just need to have more of um, more support, I guess, with that. So you don't feel like you're doing it completely alone or kind of like unsupervised. But yeah, I do think it's like about having an open mind, having someone that you trust, and also just realizing that it's going to take a little bit of time to find balance. It's never, I saw a quote recently, and it said something, I might butcher it, but it was like, if you if you walk like 10,000 feet into the woods, you're still going to have to walk 10,000 feet out of the woods. 
So Mm -hmm. if you've walked so much of your life being unhealthy and not taking care of your mind or not taking care of your body, don't expect it to just, you know, heal overnight or heal with one meditation or even two or three or even a year's worth of meditation. Because once you commit to taking care of yourself, it's a lifelong thing. You have to keep up with it. You never, you know, you never just get to a state of balance and then you're healthy forever. I think that that's a common misconception too, especially with Ayurveda. You know, we're always looking to find this balance and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, there's always something that's going to knock you out of balance. And it's going to be different things every single time, whether it's an illness or an experience or the weather changing, like there's always going to be something. Yeah, no, it's it's funny you brought that up, too, because I was thinking when we kind of switched to gluten free, I mean, there is a heavy detox period. Yeah. And I, I could just see so many people like not sticking with it because of that. So I, oh, I think yeah. that's really inspiring, you know, just to keep doing that. You know, it, and, it might not work right away, but. And knowing, too, that and I a couple experiences I'll share with you. So when I had come off of um, hormonal birth control. I experienced such, oh my gosh, the worst acne that I could ever experience on my face. And it was so bad. And that really honestly is what launched me into my own healing journey because I knew that I wanted to, you know, not really have anxiety anymore. And I wanted to overall be healthy, but I didn't really have like a a really solid, you know, symptom, I guess. But when when the acne is on your literal face, and it's not going away and you're, you know, wanting it to go away so badly, you really start to do whatever you can in terms of finding the root cause. Or at least for me, that was really my intention because, you know, I could have easily gone on medications, I'm sure, for how severe it was. Um, But I knew that if I did that, it was just going to cover up whatever you know, it was kind of going to just undo getting off of birth control, which is what caused it because for so long, whatever was whatever imbalances were in my body just started coming flooding out because there was nothing controlling the hormones there was nothing controlling you know the acne and so i really wanted to heal it naturally so i long story short went to a naturopath and started healing myself which gosh it is that's one thing i can say to people is like if you can partner with a health professional because i tried to doctor myself for way too long and it's easier said than done Um, and so I went to her, she changed my diet around, took out gluten, dairy, sugar, all the things that I love so much. Right. And the coolest thing started to happen as I did that, not only was my acne slow, very slowly, but surely starting to go away, but the oils that I've been using for four years now were starting to work better. And that was the coolest experience ever. And that's because my body was coming back to a more natural state. Therefore, natural tools were working more effectively because my body was more in an optimal state. And then the same thing actually happened. I just shared this on my Instagram story today. Actually, I took a flight out to Utah a couple days ago or last week, whatever. And um, I'm, I'm really not, I don't really fear flying, but I can definitely obsessively think about all the things that could go wrong on an airplane right me too (laughs) i've flown one time in my life and i'll tell you the story afterwards but yeah go ahead yeah and it's crazy because it's like i logically know that i'm going to be fine it's the safest travel whatever anyway so i i can really get anxious flying and so this past 
I'd say a couple of months, I finally grounded into a new living space. I'm feeling really grounded and I've been getting therapy and really taking care of myself better than I've ever taken care of myself before and managing my stress and continuously practicing good dietary habits. And I use this oil that I've used for two years now. It's called Adaptive. It's a different blend of oils that are for calming. I use this oil before my flight and I noticed something so profound on the plane. It was the only way that I could describe it is for anyone who's been on anxiety medications before, that feeling of the edge just coming off where you can see the situations in front of you, you can see the fears coming up in your mind, and those thoughts definitely are still there, maybe those scary thoughts, but I was able to manage them. And I was thinking, you know, I've, I've been using this oil for years. Why now is it all of a sudden having this profound experience where I'm, I'm really feeling calm and grounded even when normally I would be spiraling into panic. And it's because I'm partnering the oils, the natural tools with managing my stress and managing my anxiety. And that's why I'm having that experience now. So it's like, I think that it's just, I was again saying on my Instagram story earlier, like I was kind of laughing at myself. I was like, when you really start to take care of yourself, you start to like fall in love over and over again with the tools that you have in your back pocket. Yeah, no, that's because I was thinking that, too, with like, you know, even like talking about like the vaccine or something like these mm -hmm. people think it's going to be a one shot fix. And if you're not a healthy person to begin with, no matter what you put into your body is not going <laughs> to fix right. you overnight. Right. And so it, it's yeah, it's just nice to hear like um, that these things start working better because I've noticed, too, like just changing the diet, like I, I don't eat as much now. You know, I'm not right. eating. I've lost like seven pounds since I've. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty fascinating. Um, so, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to go into? Well, I want to hear your flight story. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so I'd never gone on airplanes before and I didn't want to go on them. And I was this was back in like 2009. And it was an ex-girlfriend. Her family took us down to like St. Thomas. And I was just like a nervous wreck <laughs> trying to get on the plane. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> I'm sorry if this comes off as like racist or whatever. But so we're in the airport and the people in front of us are some type of Middle Eastern. I'm not sure what they were, but they had the full garb on and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was trying not to let my mind go to that place. But I was standing right behind them and they this, this is crazy because it's like totally racial profiling. But they move that whole family over to a different line. And because I was standing right behind them and I'm dark, they like move me over there. With them. Wow. And I was like crapping my pants like, oh, what, what's going to happen? And luckily, <clears throat> uh, the family I was with just kind of came into that line with me. They just followed along and then they're like, Oh, you're with them. And they moved me over. But the whole flight, I was just like a nervous wreck. And that was right beforehand. I thought I was going to have to go through like the, um, <laughs> whatever that the, they do to, right, do it. Right. but yeah, it, it was, it was a nightmare. It was only like a two hour flight. And I was just like clinging to my seat the whole time. Just, it was bad. And, and it's so weird because I've sailed like, almost the entire east coast i have no fear on a boat no mm -hmm. fear in like any vehicle but it was weird i don't know <laughs> i've it's, never been on an airplane since the mind intrigues me so much and that's why i work so much with the mind is because you know it can really go out there like if if we're not careful 
with taking care of our minds, which I think I'm glad to see that overall, I think there is more of a push of taking care of our mental health and, you know, honoring our mind the way that we should honor our body too, as one, because it is one and one affects the other. But the mind is like, oh my gosh, it can, it can put you at least what I've noticed. I mean, I have in my mind with my panic attacks that I've had for, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many I've had throughout my lifetime. My mental state is scarier than any situation I've ever been in. Like I've ne- I've been more afraid of situations in my mind and the, and the discomfort of thinking about those scary thoughts sometimes and those negative thoughts and these panicky thoughts in my mind are almost worse than if the situation were to just happen that I'm worried about. Right. Like, have you ever had that before where it's like, you're, you're dealing with something we've all dealt with something traumatic in our lifetime. And in that moment, you have no other option, but to deal with it right in front of you. And you don't have time to worry about it and you just deal with it. And oftentimes afterwards is where that worry starts to creep in of what if it happens again, or you know, what if it happens to this person or what if that, you know, there's so many situations I can think about where I was like, wow, but when you were actually in that situation, you were totally fine. Oh yeah. I mean, that was like every day for me when I was teaching, you know, you, you build it up and I had some horrible classes with some students that were just nightmares and, but you get through it and it's, Mm -hmm. it's never as bad as you uh, make it out to be in your head. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So Sabrina, we're at like 70 minutes here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you? And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you listen this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, So I hang out the most over on Instagram. So my Instagram is just my full name, Sabrina Boniuto, which I'm sure you'll be able to see the spelling of in the actual podcast episode. And uh, yeah, I pretty much hang out there. I mean, I did make a TikTok recently. And if you want to be entertained, you can go over there too. Same thing, just my name. Um, Very entertaining. It's fun. It's a fun, you know, when TikTok first came out, I was definitely one of those people that was like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. I will. You'll never see me on TikTok. And here we are a year later dancing, but it's, it's fun. Um, It's a good time. So those are kind of the two places that I primarily hang out and I would absolutely love to hear from anyone who listened to this, who made it this far into this. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Yeah. And to send me the, uh, I'll, I'll put all the links to your stuff in the description, but Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Door doors open anytime you want to come on and talk about something. So sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you. Rock and roll. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And that's the show, folks. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a story of your own, you can go ahead and email me at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. If you'd like to help the show grow, you can leave a positive review. And most importantly, share the show with your friends, family, and whoever else you can think to share it with. That's how this show grows. So thank you so much to all the listeners, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>